Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of Our Quran Journey. And hello to the new followers. And here is where we explore and reflect on the sacred verses of the Holy Quran through Quran tagging, Quran journaling and also Tadabur. As we're not trained and qualified asatizas, we do not do our own tafsir of the verses that we have selected. Our discussions are aided by tafsir resources such as books and videos. So today we will be continuing our discussion for the third parable in Surah Al-Kaf, that is the story of Musa and Hidir. We'll be breaking it down to three parts, inshallah. For this week, Nadia will be taking the lead. So take it away, Nadia. Okay, so the story of Mus- Nabi Musa and Hidir is from the verse 60 to 82 of Surah Al-Kaf. Um, and it starts off with Nabi Musa who assumed that he was the most knowledgeable. And then he met uh, this man who's called Hidir. So Hidir is, uh, Hidir said, Oh Musa, my knowledge and your knowledge have not decreased Allah's knowledge except as much as this, as this sparrow has decreased the water of the sea with its peak. So this incident is a reminder to Musa how insignificant the amount of knowledge we have and no matter how much we know, our, our knowledge is limited compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, we are to humble ourselves and always seek knowledge and comprehension from Allah. So, um, as Farah mentioned, there is three parts to this um, story. Uh, basically, there's three stories to, in this surah, in this part of the surah. So the first story is the ship story, where Musa had followed Hedir and they managed to get a ride on a ship by these few fishermen. And what Hader did was he cracked the hull of the ship just enough that the, finish, that the fishermen can escape but not drown. So the reason he did this is to basically save them from this king who was stealing ships. So by putting a hole in the ship, he, he actually saved the ship from being stolen. And um, it's because of the fishermen's generosity that Allah preserved the vehicle of their generosity. That when you are generous with Allah, Allah will preserve you. And if you want Allah to put barakah in your money, your time, your life, and always be generous for the sake of Allah. Uh, put your trust in Allah because that musibah that happened to you might save you from a bigger musibah. Basically, this calamity is saving you from a bigger calamity. Okay, so the next time when you face financial loss, you get into an accident or anything bad, you need to have patience and remember this story whereby um, just like the fishermen, like they, if they had known that Hidir was the one who put a hole in their ship, they would have been angry. But if they knew that the reason he put a hole in their ship is to save them from the king, they, they would be very um, appreciative and grateful for it. Okay, thanks, Nat. That's that's for part one of this parable. So what I'm getting from it is uh, after reading Yase Kadi's book also, is that um the fishermen, even though they were uh miskin, they still um allowed Hidia and Musa and uh Yusha the slave on the boat to transport them, even though that was the only thing they had. And he he noted here that. Uh, Allah says in this verse that the people who own the boat were masakin, which is needy lah. And then um, it shows that this boat is an expensive item, but they are still called miskin, masakin. This shows that you can be miskin, still have some possessions, and but that possession don't give you enough to live off. It is worth noting that uh, there's, there's two types of 
needy, right? There's fucking miskin and then there's miskin. So this this uh fishermen happen to fall into uh the miskin category. They have things but they still cannot provide for themselves. So I think at the end of the day, like my my personal reflection, which um these days this is not only these days, lah, I mean throughout throughout time there will be people who are who needs help uh financially and then which um it's not our place to to question how well they're doing or what they have when we want to do charity like much like, eh, ada dini ada handful mahal why should i give money but they already cannot get by by themselves for that month so we should uh, also reflect on ourselves when we want to give is it sincere yeah is it sincere or not and we don't and it's not our place to question uh, other people's sincerity also it's not our place to ke- uh, question um what other people's intention as long as your intention is uh, right and you know you want to help that person you want to uh, do charity and help uh, that person get out of this uh, difficulty so yeah that's what I'm getting from it what about uh, Ain? Uh, I think I resonate with you when you say that um, if you want to help you should help sincerely so in case for this poor fisherman I don't know whether he knows that it was the prophet lah, probably because they are the prophet, right? He was willing to help or, uh, you know, because he had what he had and he had to serve them in service. So I think regardless of what we have, even though it's the only thing, probably it might be minor to you, but it might be a very generous offer to others. So I think it's good that, it's good that we reflect and be kind like at this point of time. And even though that even though your okay, in this case, right, what I learned from the story that the fisherman is poor and then uh Kide made the damage right to the boat. So if I were the fisherman, I would be like mengamuk. Yeah, it would have been counterproductive, yeah, right? Because like, if I help you already, yeah. then you do this to me. Yeah, and it's my only possession. Correct. But yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really putting the bigger faith in uh, God lah to see that uh, there are really better uh, to avoid bigger calamity, uh, we have to face this little one lah. Like what Nat said earlier. Okay, that's mine. <laughs> okay, uh, what about Raf? Mm, I think same, same as uh, you girls as well. Uh, but for me, I think also... Um, because most times when we are faced with a calamity, we are quick to, I think we are quick to merungut, to sigh, to blame, to blame the universe for the calamity. But we, we are not seeing it in a bigger picture that there is probably a blessing behind such calamity. Uh, for example, let, let's say, like, I mean, this is just, this is just my, my, my simple mind thinking, you know, that we, that I, I miss a, I miss my bus, uh, but there must be a reason why uh, Allah made me miss that bus. Who knows um, that there is actually probably a reason why you know He made me miss that bus because you know there may be something that's going to happen if I you know I were I were to keep to be uh, if I were to keep to be uh, on time to catch the earlier bus that kind of thing. So I guess um, I mean after all we need to have a bigger perspective and look at things in a bigger bigger perspective uh, when faced with calamity. Yeah, I agree. And also, um, we tend to we tend to think that every single calamity is a punishment uh, from Allah. But sometimes that that may not be the case. Um, like 
he sent this or he rather he he decreed this calamity is for you to learn something from it for you to gain uh, beneficial knowledge like okay how do we uh, and to see the bigger picture like Raf say okay Mirta when do you sharing Ha, same lah, like everybody. <laughs> like personally, uh, it's correct lah. Like every time we think, like we like what, like we get into an accident, like car accident, or like a deal breaks through. Like like my husband is working as real estate agent, right? So after after working so hard for this client, then the client in the end says, uh, it's okay, I will do it myself." Then we work because. We were cursed and swear lah, like, why this guy like this? Uh, make us work so hard and then, uh, in the end, tak jadi. So, I always try to remind him that um, maybe it's not your rezeki lah. Maybe something better will come along. Yeah, and that's what this lesson is lah. Yeah. I came across this girl's Instagram. So, she had a, um, a child who was sick in the hospital. So, and then, of course, she was upset. And then her husband told her, why don't you make a donation? It's like, I mean, when you have a family member that who's sick, right, you wouldn't think of a donation. But I think um, at that point of time, that was one way for her to not make up for it, but like, you know, um, you think of Allah, so you're also being generous and inshallah, Allah will protect you and your family. Yeah, I think I think it's just it's just the act of like sacrificing something and I I think it I can't remember what it's called there was a word for it but um you can make a donation and then make your intention for it to be for the betterment or something like in this case uh, for her child to to get better. Get yeah. Okay, so now we'll move on to the second part of the story uh which is about a boy who was killed by Hidir. Okay, now. Okay, so um, after that shape, Hidir and Musa came across a group of children and then um, Hidir actually warned Musa not to question his actions. So Musa actually asked for one more chance. And then Nabi Musa saw Hidir killing a boy. So uh, of course, Nabi Musa was angry. Like, um, why, why did you kill that boy? And he started asking. So in this story, it shows that uh, Nabi Musa had been hasty in because he had promised Hidir that he will not ask um, the reasons for Hidir's actions. But then he still went on to ask. And then in his hastiness, if he hadn't been hasty, he would have seen many amazing things. And in this um, story, Yasser Kadi actually said that hastiness is from shaitan. Basically, when you're acting impulsively. So uh, thinking and acting calmly is from Allah. So you need to make sure that you act thoughtfully of what you're doing is from Allah. And also just to point out, like there was a debate on whether Hidir is a prophet or not. So basically, Sheikh Yasser uh, said that from this story, uh, it is derived that Hidir is actually a prophet because only a prophet who gets instructions from Allah to do these actions um, would be a prophet. Okay, so, um, so you wonder why the boy was killed. Okay, his parents were righteous people. So uh, the reason why Allah take the child away was because he was to grow up to be arrogant and look down on his parents and be dis- disobedient to his parents. And then Allah actually substituted the child with a better child by taking away the child. So the next time you lose someone, remember Allah doesn't take away a blessing except to give you a greater blessing. Always have faith, tawakul, and trust in Allah and know that Allah loves you more than you love yourself. Alright, so what I'm getting from this is that... Um... If we want our children to uh, grow up to be 
uh, mu'mins and we want them to love Islam, we want them to pray, we want them to read Quran, I think we should first and foremost set the examples ourselves. Because in uh, uh, Sheikh Yassir also said in the book that um, it's mentioned that the child's parents were mu'min and mu'min means that it is a higher level than simply uh, Muslim. Uh, they are righteous people and they truly, truly believe in Allah. So I think this uh, tells me that um, one thing is not enough. Wanting your child to grow up to be a good Muslim is not enough. You need to set by example. You need to put in the work, lah, basically. Increase your knowledge. You need to constantly learn. You need to uh, upgrade yourself lah, and be a better version of yourself than you were yesterday. Uh, in order for your child to, to follow and to see that in you. So I think it also macam, uh, it doesn't only apply just to uh, where Islam is concerned. I think it applies to everyday things as well. If you want your child to grow up to be respectful, to be kind, to be generous, to be gentle, you also need to uh, emulate those uh, traits, uh, those characteristics. Uh, because I think we've all heard that uh, children learn best from their parents. <coughs> because they see them every day. You are, you are the one uh, interacting with them every day. So, yeah, lah, it's, a, it's a great responsibility uh, when you become a parent. Macam, um, back then, I thought like being, becoming a parent is just that, okay, send them to school and then probably teach them some ABC and then help them with the maths homework. Uh, no, <laughs> sadly, it's not. There's so much more to that. I... I think this journey was kick-started because simply I just wanted to to be a better version of myself that uh, my son could, could uh, learn from. And it would be hypocritical of me to continue being stagnant and not learning and expecting him to be better or to start learning and start practicing, if you get what I mean. Okay, uh, Raf, can I share your thoughts? For me, I think it's important for adults, parents, caregivers to actually um, be um, the best influence they can to the children because children model such behaviours, model ch- uh, adults' behaviours. Children are um, Allah's... Um, resp- I mean, we, have, we get this responsibility from Allah, the, this amanah from Allah to raise them well. So I think it's really very important for us to also raise them well uh, in terms of not only their character, uh, sorry, rather not only the academic, but also their character building and also uh, spiritual, uh, the spiritual part of education. All right, thanks, Ralph. What about uh, Mirta? Okay, for me, this story, I've the takeaway I got is to have faith in Allah, lah. Because as a parent, I can't imagine myself losing my child, right? Like my child goes first before me. It's like uh, a tragedy lah. I'm sure it's a tragedy for everyone but this story teaches me that we have to trust Allah and they say that if Allah takes someone away when they are young Allah must love them a lot lah <laughs> for them to go through all the trials of earth you know so I guess if my child goes before me I should just Tawakula and yeah, at least they will be in shorga, you know, and it's a blessing. Hope then, as you say, we then we can work on ourselves and probably meet them in shorga again, right? Alamak, so so sad like that. Yeah, yeah, tak buat tak ada buruat. You must take take one. Yeah. 
But inshallah, <laughs> we all have a long life lah. Inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. <laughs> okay lah, then I go next lah, ha? Huh? Uh, <laughs> okay, I think I uh, like continuing on from Merta is to uh, sangka baik lah with uh, Tuhan. So, uh, always because from this story, right? You he from what you can see is that uh, God really thought and care about everyone because uh, even though because the parents are mukmin people, right? So that's why to get them to where they are and to like, you know, because they are mu'min, right, probably they will not be happy with the trial. Lah. I mean, the, their child is being killed, what? So, but this elevates them and tests and see whether this test is, like, really as a mu'min will go through on. Am I saying correctly? You guys understand? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this yeah. is a, a message for those who suffer miscarriage also. Like, mm. uh, it's mm. it's a blessing in disguise lah. Like, okay. Allah takes away your child, but he will probably give you a greater blessing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's for mine. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, there's actually a hadith for, uh, for that actually. Um, uh, from Sahih al-Bukhari, the hadith, it says here that uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, any woman who loses three of her children, they will all form a barrier for her to protect her from the fire. Mm-hmm. And one woman asked him, what about women who loses two? The Prophet wasallam said, it is so even if she loses two. And yeah, la, the loss of a child is a painful and a traumatic experience for any parent to, to, to experience. Um, and in this story, uh, it was to save the parents from like what Ayn says, from not being able to say that, that their child will, I mean, if they, if the child didn't um, get taken away, the child will grow up to be, uh, um, it will cause uh, transgressions to the parents, right? Uh, in this case, that uh, the child was taken away early, he, the child gets to go to Jana and then everyone gets to, um, you know. Receive um, blessing. Huh? Yeah, receive blessings and not face any transgressions in that sense. Okay, now, now we move on to the last uh, part of, uh, the story, which is about Kidir uh, repairing the wall for the orphans. In this story, Musa and Hidir traveled to a village and in that village, uh, everybody refused to help them. Um, and then, they, so they came across this pair of orphans where Kidir decided to build a wall for these orphans and because there were treasures under the wall and he wanted to protect the treasures for the orphans' future. So it turns out that actually this this orphan's father was a was a righteous person, and even though the mom of the orphans actually made dua that you know that she gets money that she needs because her husband has passed away, but her dua was actually not responded by Allah because he wanted to keep the treasures for when she truly needed the most, like when the children actually grow bigger. From this, we learn that Allah knows when to respond to our duas. So although sometimes our du'as are not answered, it might at that point of time, it might actually not be good for you and Allah is saving you for something better. And Allah knows when is the best time to actually give what you ask. And as long as you're asking for uh, is something that is sincere, you will get what you need from Allah or even something better. Okay, so uh, from here, like um, despite the villagers ignoring uh, Musa and Hidir, 
consider still step up to help. So I think like if you want to help people, you should just be sincere and not um like no matter how they treat you, as long as you're doing good, Allah knows. Like today is your day, then tomorrow might be my day. So just uh be helpful even if like previously when we discussed, you know, if you want to help someone like Farah if the person has a handphone, like we shouldn't doubt them. If you if we want to help them, we need to be to be ikhlas in helping them. Whenever like you make doa every day but you don't seem to get it, you know, just continue making doa because sometimes if you make doa is not answered. For example, like my husband, he had to take his exam five times before he actually passed his exams. So and there was a reason why he didn't pass that four times if he thought back about it because of the situation that he was in. So I think like sometimes some things are worth with. Okay, thanks Nat. Uh, maybe uh, this time uh, Ayn can okay. go first. So I think, okay, in this case uh, with what Nat mentioned, right, um, I agree that um, doa, do listen to our, well listen lah to our doa, even though it's not fulfilled right away, uh, he knows best and uh, to we should tawakul lah to always like have have good thoughts of uh, of our God. And then, um, like for now, for in my case, I've been um, married for four years. And then, uh, baru-baru lah, ha? <laughs> baru-baru nak berjina-jina, uh, ingat Tuhan kan? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think with that, um, it really reflected lah. Like, I shouldn't like, wow, straight away, I do ask, straight away, I will get it. <laughs> I mean, with uh, expecting an offspring and all lah. So, with this, I, I I will take this reminder that um that I have faith in Tuhan and I should always like uh look out for my blessings uh, whatever it is at that point of time. So for this story, she even though she's she uh she lost her her wife eh she lost his wife eh she lost her husband Ostafrazim she lost her husband <laughs> oh wow 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 susah ni nak cakap okay she lost her husband so uh, and she has still her kids right so Hide was there to make sure that uh, the children had uh, their due blessing uh, at the right time so that is when um, no Allah is covering you even though at not at that point of time but in the future so have faith Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> agree, agree. So yeah, anyway, I, I, I remember reading somewhere, I can't remember where, but uh, that, know that when Allah unlocks, unlocks your tongue uh, for you to make dua, Allah, Allah allows you to make dua, He is uh, planning to give you something. He wants to give you something. It's just that you don't know the timing. And that uh, dua, this is from Aisha Shaira's class, that dua is answered in three ways. Um, yes, but not now. Yes, I will give it to you. But or yes, I will give you something better. So like, it makes me. It, and this after learning this, it makes me feel like, like, wow, actually every single dua that we make is already answered. Is or is already waiting to be answered. It's just when, uh, when we will see it or when we, like, have we realize the wisdom behind it, lah. If like, say we tak dapat, it's the best thing about dua. Dua is our our weapon lah as Muslims. What about, okay, let's move on. Um, Raf, you want to share your thoughts? Um, I think I, I agree with uh, what the you girls shared earlier. Uh, but also to add on, I think we, we have to have a mindset 
um, where we cannot expect Allah to fulfill all of our prayers because sometimes what we pray for may not be good for us. So we uh, we can dua to Allah. Let's say if what we are asking for is not good for us, for Allah to uh, for Allah to give us ridha uh, in accepting His decisions. Yeah, yeah, yes, Raf. We can also um, make dua to Allah to jauhkan, like when we say na'uzubillah min zalik, right? Means to to jauhkan that that terrible thing from us also. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mirta, do you want to share? I like the part where not say uh, to do things sincerely, like how we don't ask for anything in return lah when we do something good. I guess that's what Kidir also is trying to teach Nabi Musa mm. like to do things out of your out of your own the goodness of your heart and then inshallah Allah Allah knows best lah what is going to happen next I think the patience is really taught in all these three stories right I think ultimately when it comes to helping right uh, we have to have the proper niyah lah and also be sincere in doing patience. it Agreed. And we should constantly revisit our intentions to make sure that we are on the right track. Sometimes, you know, Shaitan might whisper and then suddenly your intentions tell to car, but then you didn't realize because you didn't much think about it back. Nat, uh, do you want to cover the fundamental points for for this um parable in Iraq? Okay, so the fundamental points that are from Sheikh Yasser's um video is that if you want your children to be religious, you have to start with yourself as we previously discussed. So even if you are not a parent yet, it's good to start uh, now as you prepare your journey. So and when you have a good relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even your problems and musibahs are blessings in disguise. Okay, anything that brings you closer to Allah, then that calamity or musibah is a blessing. If but if that musibah okay. distance you from Allah, uh, maybe because of your arrogance or attitude, then you deserve that musibah. So not all musibah is a blessing. It could be a, it could be something that you deserve. Okay, so we always need to always reflect. And a believer is never punished for the sake of pure punishment. There is always a reason why Allah punishes us. So anything that happens to the believer is in fact a benefit for the believer. Therefore, always have iman in Allah. Believe that Qadar is real and always believe in the good and bad. The essence of iman is to actually humble yourself in front of Allah. And when everything has been decreed to you, always have faith in Allah and just let go. And to sum it up, if you have Allah, you don't need anything or anyone. Okay, I really yeah. like the last point. I, I agree with it. It's such a powerful statement, but yeah, it's it's such a powerful statement, and it's easy to say, but it's also sometimes uh, one of the most difficult things to practice because sometimes, like you know, during musibah or calamities, to be like, yeah, like you just macam so consumed with the thought of that uh, musibah that you macam terlupa sekejap. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully now we remember more. Okay. So um, how does Surah Al Kaf uh help to protect us uh against in the case of Dajjal? I think in this uh in this parable it tells us about dua dua being the uh our weapon like dua we can we can ask from uh, we can ask from Allah to to protect us from uh dajjal and also like uh, I think the like I said lah the three uh common themes was patience in all of the the stories so yeah uh if we practice 
uh, what's being taught in uh, the stories, then inshallah we will be protected against Sajal. And also, uh, we have to take note of the arrogance of the fitnah, of the arrogance of knowledge. Uh, doesn't mean we we uh, go for classes, uh, learn a lot of things, read a lot of books. We know everything. We don't. We have to always. Uh, I I remember reading this somewhere, or I heard this somewhere in a class that when the adapt of going to class, that when you go to class, always feel like you're the worst among everyone else. So that kinds of um like brings you down back to earth and then put some humility in your heart. So yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. If you like our content, follow us on Spotify. Uh, we're also available on Instagram uh, where we do Quran journaling and mini book reviews. Thank you for listening. Assalamualaikum. Bye. Like and share. Like and share. <laughs>